Welcome to a very special episode of Third Party Controller Podcast. We will be reviewing and talking about Final Fantasy 16. Not only will you find out what I feel about the newest entry in the Final Fantasy series, but I had to have this one person on the episode. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you know who it is. Without further ado, I will be introducing the amazing Scott. Scott, welcome to the episode. What's up, third party crew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when uh, 16 was coming out and the build up toward everything, the beginning, the start, the completion, it was discussed way in advance that you would be a part of this discussion of what we thought about Final Fantasy 16. So before we jump into our thoughts, I wanted to briefly go into the buildup toward coming into 16 because you actually have a connection to the buildup. Naoki Yoshida had worked previously on the MMORPG Final Fantasy 14, and you, Scott, are a big fan of Final Fantasy 14. Leading up to this release, how are you before everything? Coming from Final Fantasy 14, I know the incredible story writing and stuff they do mm-hmm. uh, with that series. I was super stoked, to be honest. Um, as far as like story-wise, I know it would be good. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I I try not to get hyped about stuff, but like I knew with him writing it and the crew, he literally brought the crew from 14 over to 16. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, we had a real lot of lull in content for 14 because they were working on 16 mm-hmm. um, for a while. Because like uh, just real quick, that they put like patches in between, and like each patch, every certain uh, even number of patches has like story content, and so like the story content was a little less each time. So, um, but no, I knew it would be a good story. Like I wasn't sure about gameplay wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. I was worried we'd end up with like another 15, which I, so 15 stories sucked, like to be honest, yeah. I didn't mind the gameplay as much, but, um, so I was kind of like, cool, you know, I don't, I don't care if the gameplay is as bad if, you know, the story's like really good. So, um, I, I tried not to get too hyped for it and I didn't read anything about it until I, I didn't even play the demo until you told me that it was, would save. So then I played yeah. the demo. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll play that then. So. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to experience it from the beginning. So, And then when I went to PAX East, they had a big panel on it and stuff like that for 16, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing all that. So I was getting pretty hyped. So from then, tried not to be, but, you know, I saw the screenshots and the stuff they talked about. They talked a little about 14, but 16 was the primary thing. So mm-hmm. how about you? You and me have done previous, uh, previous podcast episodes on Final Fantasy. You know, Final Fantasy 7, we've talked about a lot of like different Final Fantasies, our history with Final Fantasy, just how we enjoy this series as a whole. There's a lot of, I mean, yeah, I'll just get right into saying it. I wasn't a big fan of Final Fantasy 15, really. There, as the years have gone on, I have warmed up to certain aspects of 15, but I think the biggest thing that really bummed me out about 15 like the combat was kind of simplistic i mean there was moments in it where it was fun to do certain things but i think when it came down to it and i agree with you like the story was the biggest disappointment in the game 
And now a lot of people will be ready to defend it and say, no, this is what was great about it. This is what it was about. And what I mean by disappointment in story was how the story was told. Because if you had played previous Final Fantasies, and not saying that it had to be a certain way, I think of, uh, of it of just being story structure about like, there were huge chunks of story in 15 that were not told. And either you had to watch an hour and like 45 minute move, CG animated movie, or if you wanted to know more about certain characters in your group or how they knew each other, you had to watch like 10, 15 minute anime episodes free on YouTube. So the, the thing that was like really important in Final Fantasy world building, character building, stuff like that, huge important factors were taken out or if you want to know something that happened to an actual main character in the Final Fantasy 15 story that happened during the actual main story itself, it was like, oh, find out in a couple of months when the DLC comes out. So there was a lot of things in 15 where story-wise it failed. And from what I hear as time went on, the Royal Edition of 15, I guess it fixed problems in the story but it took like almost what three four years how long did it take for all the dlc to come out yeah about about three years yeah and it sounds like they actually end up fixing the story itself yeah um, in dlc too so if you played final fantasy the earlier games or even the more current games not all of them but a good chunk of the beginning built the story around what was going on, the world, and the characters, which was more important. And for me, 15 just felt like it just told you how to feel without you actually feeling it. And that was my biggest problem. So once that was over, once that game was done with, all I wanted in Final Fantasy after that was like, just give me a competent story. That's all I want. I, I just want there to be a story where I care about characters, where I care about what's going on, where at least I understand what's going on instead of them just telling me, oh yeah, you know where you lived? And I'm like, I guess, you just, you're telling me I live in this town? It's like, yeah, it got destroyed and because they double-crossed your father. He's dead, so uh, there's that information, deal with it. There was no, not that there was any stakes, but they just told you, oh, there's stakes now of things that you don't know about that you should feel mad about. Just structure-wise, and, and everything in 15 was such a disappointment. And I, I've, I've met a lot of people who are like huge fans of 15. And I'm not saying that you should... If you love 15 and you you just enjoyed everything about it, that's great. I'm not trying to tell... I'm not telling you to not like it. I'm just saying in my experience, I was I was just so let down with the story because I was excited. Like, like you were just talking earlier, Scott, where you were like, I don't want to get too hyped for something because I don't want to be disappointed. I, for 15, I got really hyped leading up before playing it, and I was really disappointed. So was that my fault? I don't know. All I'm saying is as a story structure, as something that was told in a narrative, it did not do what you're supposed to do in a narrative, as in the way you tell it. I felt it was just uh, a lot of things. And then as the years went on, you kind of, you found out reasons why Final Fantasy 15 story was the way it is. And I could get into a huge talk and debate about it, but we're, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about Final Fantasy 16. So to end this, <laughs> to end this long discussion, all I wanted, all I wanted was 
a competent story. I just wanted something that told a story and I didn't have to watch an anime or a film or anything to kind of explain anything. And so that's what I was looking forward to up until the release of Final Fantasy 16. Yes, I was getting excited. It looked good, but I was avoiding a lot of stuff. But that's what I that's what I wanted after everything that happened with 15. I think it's hard to kind of discuss this because you brought up a good point. Now getting into to 16, this I would say this game is very divisive amongst the fans of Final Fantasy. Not only due to the change up in like visual style, but also gameplay. Most people want the return of the classic turn-based gameplay, but as we found out later... Final Fantasy 16 is taking more of an action RPG hack and slash approach to this title of Final Fantasy 16. Um, I kind of like where they went with it. A lot of things are different. Talking about combat and everything else. But the, one of the major things I would say is there was a lot of focus with Yoshida and the team in 16 of giving this a Game of Thrones type of feel. How did you feel going into this? with that change up in a, a Final Fantasy story. And the look. Loved it. Mm. I, I felt that it was back to Final Fantasy. Sword, mm. sorcery, you got the summons, you got really cool, not some dudes pushing a car down the road, um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It was very gritty and back to like how Final Fantasy was. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it where it was not modern, it was medieval times, stuff like that, and they mm. were dealing with a lot of those problems you you have a, a a huge division when it comes to final fantasy fans you have the very early hey i was there ever since the release of the nes or i got into it when it was final fantasy 4 or final fantasy 6 or a big majority i feel of people were fans of final fantasy after ps1's final fantasy 7 and yeah. when final fantasy 7 came along before that, especially during Final Fantasy VI, it was changing more from a medieval fantasy setting to more of a, uh, especially with VI, kind of like a steampunk, futuristic, you know, Magitech type of Final Fantasy VII-like, futuristic, you know, uh, materials, everything, like the look of it changed. So I'm wondering how it was for fans of Final Fantasy to be like, wait, where's the medieval fantasy? Where is it? Where'd it go? Um, it might have changed after during six, but um, after that, we kind of got it is crazy. We kind of got like that futuristic fantasy that a lot of people enjoyed. And then when Final Fa I remember when Final Fantasy nine was announced, I was stoked because I was like, oh, they're saying it's it's harking back to the original. And then people were very negative about Final Fantasy nine, which was great. Because nine is such a great game. Yeah, great nine story, great gameplay. Like yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's now being like, it's kind of got like the Wind Waker effect where now people go like, no, you know what? It was actually great. And it's like, yeah, it was great. But it's weird of like how easily one or two games could change people's like 
this is not Final Fantasy. It's like, whoa, there was like five medieval fantasy Final Fantasies. So it was cool to see 16 kind of take the approach of going back to that. And then heavily, once you, you played the demo portion, which was the beginning portion of Final Fantasy 16, how very it is not like shying away from being very influenced by game of thrones yeah i enjoyed it but <laughs> the only thing that kind of like i think over time it wasn't till they had the final fantasy 14 online like um when they had the fan fest they announced their new expansion pack final fantasy 14 margaritaville i forget what it was called um, <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's, uh, I've heard Margaritaville. It's like tropical vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild stuff like that. <laughs> and and when I um when I watched it, because I watched a little CG cutscene that they showed of it, I was taken aback because I was like, "Wow, this is very colorful." Because I, I was already done with sixteen by that time, and I was like, "Whoa, it was really colorful," and it was like, "Whoa, this looks a bit." more final fantasy-ish yep and then so again still very much liked it and, and like what it took from it but i think going through through the whole game not talking story-wise i kind of missed that look i was i was hoping to get that look of 14 in 16 yeah and, I, and it's not it's not bad I, i'm not i'm not I saying it, think, no, no, it ruined no, no, the game but i yeah. think almost like they've given Yoshi to like full run of Final Fantasy fourteen, mm -hmm. where like sixteen was kind of still under Squeenix's thumb. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to like, like I'm not defending it at all. I I really enjoyed the aspect of how dark it was, but also at the time that they were writing the story and stuff, we had Shadowbringers and Endwalker mm -hmm. in the fourteen, which were very very dark expansions, like very dark. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of stuff going on. So it kind of was in that time frame. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, this this Dawn Breaker, or whatever the hell it's called, um, which none of us are like, oh my god, it's the dumbest name ever. Um, but anyway, they, they're they lightening it up. And like he said in his panel, he was like, look, he's like, you know, we've been through all this dark stuff, and it's time for, like, the Warriors of Light to have a vacation kind of a deal. Mm. Which, obviously, it won't be a vacation. Stuff is going to go on. But if you kind of watch, if you go back and watch the trailers for, like, Shadowbringers, and, like, even, like, Heaven's Ward, like, Heaven Ward's really dark. And then it was like Stormblood, which is a little brighter. And then it went to Shadowbringers, then Endwalker. You can see how dark it is, like what the story is going on, stuff like that. And then now there's this Dawn Trail, which is like super let's go party, you know? So um, I think it just had one of that effect. But I I understand and I see what you got. I love everybody saying about the Game of Thrones thing, but the mm -hmm. story was so good. I was just kind of wrapped yeah. up in it. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, fine. And I get why it has to be dark too. Like yeah. that, the story of sixteen is very dark. It's like very um, emotional kind of a deal. Like where you're dealing with, well, as we get into the story a little bit more, but like you're dealing with a, a state of affairs. It's like the the world's basically dying. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's it's dark. So I understand why they went that way. And you kind of have the same aspects with the different like groups of people. You know what I mean? You have, like, the different places, the different uh, eons or whatever, icons, whatever they're called, mm -hmm. that, like, each one's controlled by a different area. So I get it. And I, I think... I don't really care. I, I don't... <laughs> I, I, 
I guess I get older. I think I'm just kind of like, whatever. True. <laughs> like, I don't know. I I'm think... not as, like, into it, but I was happy that it had that feel of the medieval time, like, the medieval... Yeah. I don't... I started with six, or three, or whatever it was called. That mm-hmm. was, like, my first one. My uncle had one. Yeah. But, like, you know, I, I don't mind it that much. And I... Give me a good story and I'm good. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? I really don't. I just, I want a good story. Tell me a good story and let me play that story and be enthralled in it and stuff like that. So, anyway. I think what I'm just trying to get to is it yeah. is heavily inspired by Game of Thrones. And yeah. uh, we get a lot of the word use of fuck in it. But, uh, <laughs> was, I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it didn't bother well, me, but it was just like, I'm not used to it. But I guess this is my petty way of saying I did not see a single titty and I'm mad. I know. Dude. Okay, so that's what I was going to bring up too. I'm glad we're on the same page. If you're going to no tell titties. me it's based There's on no Game booty. of Thrones, I want to see some titties. Yeah. I want to see some titties or a, a, a yeah. wee wee. All right? Give me some man wee wee. Like, cheeks better be getting clapped. That's yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was there was moments where you're like, wait, is this gonna happen finally? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Again, just joking. Yeah. I just wanted to have some fun. Friend of mine and I was like, hey, I was like, how come there's no boobs? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all you care about? It's like, well, yeah. I was yeah, like, man. Game, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. Um, one thing is is even going through the story of like, basically the god damn it, dude. I forget the names, but the people who were able to cast magic because we're coming into a world where the the high class of the rose the rose fields with clive his brother joshua uh king elwin rossfield with his wife annabella um they all come from a high-end family that is a created the 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 children that carry icons and with clive being the firstborn who was not blessed with the touch of the phoenix that was given to his brother joshua a lot of stuff is kind of um as the story goes along you find out certain things and at first this is this is what i want to talk about in the story especially in the beginning part because it shows them joshua and clive as a young children since this was heavily inspired by Game of Thrones, I noticed that the mother was very cold to Clive when he's a young yeah. kid. Because Clive is, is um, basically going to be the shield for Joshua. Joshua having the icon of the Phoenix to be protected because Joshua isn't the uh, isn't someone who can, you know, being so young, being able to protect himself. Clive is very much known as he is as a young teen to be uh, good with the sword. But I did notice that in in the game, the mother was very cold with him. The cool thing that Final Fantasy 16 has is their kind of compendium that could pop up during cutscenes. So if you needed more explanation of the worlds, the places you were at, that that gave a bit of more context to the world itself if you wanted to find out more stuff. Uh, I remember finding out about that and hitting it and finding out not only... Because I just assumed with being a, a... a fan of game of thrones that maybe clive is a bastard maybe king elwin had you know an affair with a a wench or whatever had her kid had clive and she hated him for not being her her actual true son or whatever right just kind of taking a cue from like the game of thrones but no with the compendium it goes farther and and you find out in the game too but she just doesn't like clive or looks down on clive because he was not blessed with the phoenix which which not only is fucked up but kind of shitty that your own mom is like oh you weren't blessed so you're nothing to me 
I like my yeah. son Joshua more. To me, I, I felt horrible of the just knowing that that's how she was. And then diving deeper into the appendix stuff and you can find out more about her. This isn't important to the story, but I was I don't know if you looked uh, this up, but you know that King Elwyn and uh, Annabella are actually cousins. Their first cousins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the information, it talks about how she was bred from birth. Her connection to the bloodline that produced many previous dominance of the Phoenix that led her to being proposed as a bride for the young Archduke. And the, indeed, the two are cousins, having known from a young age that her purpose in life was the preserved was to preserve the phoenix bearing bloodline she dots on joshua and scorns clive reading that i was like holy shit i don't think that like that's crazy to find that they were first cousins but it wasn't important enough to know in the story but it gives more context to it yeah but when that when i found that stuff out i i avoided the compendium in general because coming from being very upset with the story of final fantasy 15 I didn't want anything to influence me, so I kind of avoided reading anything else after that. Just to kind of see if the story was being told the way I kind of wanted it to be told. talking heavily praising a lot of the stuff that came out in final fantasy 14 especially the work that yoshida did uh resurrecting not only the horrible debut of the online when it first came out but restarting with a realm reborn and just people praising how final fantasy 14 the online mmorpg did to the point where like it for a good amount of time is it now still doing way better than world of warcraft yeah, I think it's number one yeah I think it's number one yeah. Yeah, yeah but hearing from you firsthand that like no the story in 14 is really good watching you play through a lot of the stuff that you would stream and go through in final fantasy 14 it kind of gave me hope that hey maybe this is going to have the story that i'm looking for the story that i actually just at least want something fleshed out and me to kind of care about what's going on who the characters are Starting off Final Fantasy 16, Scott, what did you think of the story in Final Fantasy 16? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so well done. And like you were saying about the compendium, mm -hmm. you don't have to look at it if you don't want to and still understand what's going on in the story. Mm -hmm. It reminded me a lot of what Gears of War did, um, where I read the books on the side, and they kind of had like they kind of fleshed some other stuff out, but the majority of the story was in the game. Yeah, like the, the other books were outside of that. Like so, it's kind of like the same thing where you have the majority of the story that's in the game. And if you want all these little extra tidbits, you can look at that compendium. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have to go buy a movie for $20 to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, so, or buy the deluxe edition when it came with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I like that. Um, I thought it was so well done, and the character development in the game was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just, you really felt for people, and, like, you felt for the people in the land and stuff like that, where it was like their, their land's dying, and they hate, they absolutely hate the people that can use magic because yeah. they finally figure out that the reason that the land's dying is because of the magic. Mm -hmm. You know, people are 
using the shit to like light their lamps and stuff and it's like feeding off the land no I really enjoy the story though yeah um, I, I, there's a lot of detail to it that like would take an entire episode just to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah with everything with uh, treating magic bears horribly like it was crazy to see that like the I think if, if I had to have like one negativity in the story and it's not it's not like what they were were aiming for but how they were kind of pushing it every time uh but i understood what they were trying to say is like um the slave aspect of everything yes, like everyone that's exactly is what say. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah everything is horrible everyone hates magic bearers they treat them like shit people get tattooed on their face so you know that they're a magic bearer and that they're slaves um, you know, they're not highly regarded unless you're you're basically of a higher class, kind of like how Clive and Joshua were. Uh, it was more of like, oh, they have, you know, icons and different people had different icons. Everyone had different or certain people had uh, were yeah. blessed with the icons. Not everybody, but people were blessed with magic. So they ended up becoming slaves. They ended up becoming tattooed. People own them. And it just was like a world where everyone sucked, like everyone was a piece of shit. A few people yeah. were great. You had people like, you know, Martha having the resistance, you know, to to kind of help people who were magic bearers. You also had Sid, who was a character that was wanted to make magic bearers free. But also he knew that the world was dying due to the crystals and the magic and everything that was there. But I, it, it was so heavy handed with the racism and slavery that to the point where it became everyone everyone that wasn't like the good people were comically evil and at the same yeah. time I, I this was someone else's opinion but i had to kind of agree with it that after a while when you're playing as clive people who need help you kind of want to be like i don't want to help you because you're super fucking racist like it's yeah it is so heavily done that i i just kind of felt like like not that the how they were going to it was was bad but like nobody's good there was like a few people good i mean at least like have half people are good like have really shitty people or just people like yeah but this is like this is the way it is i don't agree with it like but like what can we do and it's just like no you can do more i don't know i just felt like i don't know what would have been the perfect way of doing it but i just felt like everyone there was a lot of shitty people there was just a lot of shitty people yeah. that to the point where it was like a I little much you know not yeah. not that i say like you, that it wasn't an aspect of like that was um done horribly i just felt like it was a uh, yeah man i know people are shitty this this really sucks like can yeah. just can we just have a few more good people like it just really it's really bad yeah and i think um like i'm not trying to be controversial but yeah um there was a big issue where people were like talking about how they didn't have any like modern races in there like black or whatever yeah and yeah i think that's why that's mm -hmm. why it's because if you had that aspect of it and you brought a color person in and stuff like that to like deal with that like you know it's really that's gonna bring up a lot of bad shit in real life too you know what i mean so yeah 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 no i get what you mean. Did it, but but that's um that's i think the reason why they didn't do that is because they kept it very unfortunately mm. really white but yeah, you know, yeah. it was um for that reason i think but yeah no i was saying thing i was kind of like okay let's go like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i didn't end up doing a lot of side quests um and not because of that reason just because i i I felt it didn't really fit into the story. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, I just want to keep going with the main story. So, other than that, story-wise, like how when everything builds up, it gets pretty neat when we get toward the end um, yes. of everything, which we'll get to in a bit. But yeah, we have a lot of characters in this. 
we see them from a very young age build themselves up as we go through the story itself. Again, we were talking a bit about the changeup of gameplay. Not only did we have a changeup of way of telling stories and get kind of getting the Game of Thrones, yeah. but also the changeup of gameplay. And that was something I wanted to discuss with you with them kind of changing it more to a hack and slash action RPG. A lot of people, and it's been a very long time. Uh, since we've had traditional turn-based RPG, I think the last traditional turn-based Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 13. But people miss it, people want it back, but when this was announced and this was shown, it was more hack and slash, it was very Devil May Cry. And we come to find out that a lot of studios helped out with the creation of the combat excel itself, like Platinum Games, many studios helping with Final Fantasy 16. But you mentioned, Scott, that uh, you enjoyed the combat. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the guy who did Devil May Cry was the one who did their yeah. action sequences and their stuff. And the thing is, people need to get a, like just grow up and start understanding <laughs> that like the action RPG is taking over. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love the turn-based stuff too. Go play Baldur's Gate if you want to do that. Mm -hmm. like, go play something else that's there. Final Fantasy is moving away from that, and for a good reason. I could tell you right now, if you took the Final Fantasy title away and gave this to Joe and, and Beto and tell them to play it, they would love it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because of, mm -hmm. it sounded to me like what they didn't like about it was the turn-based stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It gives it, it opens up a thing to more people. Now they could at some point put in like a turn-based mode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like you could have that too, but I, I just, people need to realize that the turn-based RPG is now becoming a niche thing where there's certain games that will do it. And Final Fantasy isn't one of them anymore. And it's just because, like, I, I started off with turn-based, but now I'm just like, I'm kind of like, all right, I can see, like, you know, are we going to talk about the boss fight spell or no? Yeah. I didn't know if we were going to. Yeah, you can bring it up. Um, imagine trying to fight that Titan fight, which is one of my favorite fights in the video game so far. Turn-based. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, <laughs> how would you do that? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I, people have to understand that, like, the game is built around the mechanics of fighting too. Mm -hmm. So it was like that, you know, the part where you run up his arm and like doing the action abilities and stuff like that. Yeah, you can't do turn-based, you know what I mean? But to me, that was my favorite part of it was like just those big giant fights with the icon and stuff like that. And if I had to wait, okay, now they're gonna take their turn. Okay, now I gotta take my <laughs> turn. Okay, now mm -hmm. they're gonna take their turn. Like, um, do I, think that like it does have its place yeah it does and i understand like i think that maybe the next one they should put in a feature where you can do turn-based mm. but just people need to realize that they're going action-based that's what they're gonna do mm. so i don't know get with the times that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i could see the stance of people and and people's reluctance of like having more of an action based gameplay where the Final Fantasy series, like I was saying, after 13 has been very different, especially when the change up in Final Fantasy 11, where a lot of people didn't like that. Uh, it kind of had like an early MMO aspect to it uh, in the combat and everything. But when it came to the combat, I like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this. You know, it, you know, people were talking about like one of the lead developers in the combat. He, like you said, Scott was worked on Devil May Cry, and then we had people from Platinum helping out with the design of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think compared to a lot of the action hack and slash uh, gameplay, I, uh, because of hearing that, I was expecting Devil May Cry, but Final Fantasy 16 kind of changes it up a bit and kind of becomes its own unique self. Yeah. I think what, what it, it does is uh, very similar to what has come before it, but kind of like shaped it to where it works for what it it's doing on itself. 
don't get me wrong i would love turn base to come back and i always do think there's a way of bringing back turn base where you can make it i think like you bringing up the guys you know joe and, and bethel i think the the thing that especially for joe is you need to have a turn based system that is more interactive than your standard you know attack wait attack wait you kind of have to add a little bit more to it in a sense like the mario and luigi you know superstar saga rpgs where not only are you attacking but if you hit at the right time you 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 know add more damage stuff like that i think there is a way to evolve turn-based combat turn-based rpg combat i just don't know if anyone's figured it out yet so i understand the change no, yeah. that they did for 16 going in this hack and slash uh, gameplay and I enjoyed it. I, I thought they did a very good job. You know, I, I understand the change to to the combat and the change to being more of a hack and slash game. I just don't think it's aligning with the community right now. In, in that, it's still a very divisive choice. I think a, a lot of what 16 is is very divisive at the moment. But for me personally, I did enjoy the combat. I wanted a bit more to it. Uh, not that there wasn't enough uh, in in the combat itself. But it was very satisfying in moments, and it was a, a pretty cool change-up to what we've had in past Final Fantasy games. Especially when we come from 15. I'm try I'm going to try not to talk shit too much about 15, because it feels like I'm going to be talking shit about 15 no, yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. time. No, it's fine. Just but... try to... <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying, though. Like the, yeah. That's where it came from, too. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That was very action-based, too. So... The things we didn't like because we've yep. been kind of talking about all the positive stuff but i think it, this is the part where uh we start tearing this game down about what we just yeah. didn't enjoy or what we felt could have been done better so i'll let you go first scott was there anything in this that you you weren't a big fan of or you didn't enjoy and you kind of wish there was a little bit more work done to it or anything yeah so something that happens in final fantasy 14 a lot too mm -hmm. And as soon as I got into it, I was like, yep, this is uh, a Yoshi P game. Because mm -hmm. uh, there was a ton of filler quests towards the end. Yeah. That drives me absolutely fucking nuts. Like, I understand they're trying to make the game go, like, longer. Mm -hmm. But I shouldn't be running around grabbing stuff for people. It Gathering quests, I understand. Like, but the same thing happens in 14 where, like, you'll do these quests where it's like, go to this other end of town and grab this and then come back. And it's like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? So... It's just because you're rolling, like you get, it was kind of, it was in between when you first fight Titan and take his hands or whatever, mm -hmm. you like have to go back and you kind of like run around doing some stuff in some town because mm -hmm. you found that he's in the desert or whatever. Yeah. And like just the whole time, like, dude, you're like, it starts to pull you away from the action. And I'm kind of like, I just want to keep going. I just want to see what happens. Like, give me a couple of these things where like we can, we do these things for people to help them. And then, like, yeah, that's great. But it just kept going and going. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, let's move along now. Like, yeah, um, you know. So, like, I understand side quests too. I, 
there's too many side quests. Like I, I get side quests and why they're there, but it's like there's too many. Like mm -hmm. don't it, it gets old after a while. I, I just maybe it's not that I don't mind side quests. It's just there were so many. <laughs> so a lot um, of I, I agree with you, dude. A lot of how the side quests were done bogged down everything it slowed yes. everything down to such a bad halt like here's the thing and that's why i'm i'm so excited to talk to you about it and i thought you were great to have on this episode is just to kind of find out like okay is this something that was a part of 14 2 that kind of bogged it down and you kind of uh you mentioned that that it it is just a yoshi that's a yoshi p thing and i think that was one of my biggest things was just how lackluster these side quests are and yeah. scott i did every fucking side quest <laughs> i played every because i was the type i'm the type of person like i can't just leave a green dot on the fucking yeah. screen i need to do it i don't know if i'm gonna miss anything i have to do it and going through it like don't get me wrong there were there were some side stories that were like really good but they yeah. none of them were complete like they could have been more and i hate yeah. comparing it to anything but i was just when i was going through it and you're right there's a lot of just like go here take this to this person do that cool they give you two coins like what the fuck like all that yeah. shit for this like what is this doing and all the way at the end when when everything is said and done everything kind of has a meaning but it I felt like it was a big yeah. fucking waste of time. Like it was just so, it was just not done well. I I, I feel and yeah. I I hate comparing it to things, but I have to, and it's part of Square Enix's own company. Dragon Quest Eleven had probably my favorite side quests ever in an RPG, and I've heard many people praise the witcher's side quests that make yes. it they say that it feels like it's actually a part of the story or it could be part of the main story now i can't attest to that but i can attest to dragon quest 11. dragon quest 11 side stories side quest stories were so good that to me when i was playing through that game i would come home do a side quest and it was to me i could explain it like watching a 30 minute episode of a really good tv show it really had nothing to do with the main story, but the story that it created and made in the conclusion felt like a 30 minute episode that had a beginning, a middle and an end that was like just the best of writing of TV. And this is a video game like it had side quests that were its own encapsulated stories, had things to do with the actual world itself but were so good that you wanted to explore it. You wanted to find out what happened. And sometimes they would branch off into this bigger thing, but they were great, fulfilling side quests. And I cannot say that about 16. The side quests were so boring. And when there was a hint of things that were like really good, that stood out, um, they were just kind of like, okay, we're done after like 10 minutes. And it's like, that's it? And the one that stood out to me was just the little girl was like, hey, can you help me find my my pet? And you're just like, okay, what'd your pet look like? It's like, my pet has silver hair. It's, it's hair is great as silver. And it's just like, okay, cool. And then you come to find out she was talking about a slave she had. And then when you find the slave, there's the curse that's going around that magic bearers have a curse that after they basically 
run themselves dry, they purify and become stone. And you find out that's what happened to her slave, her female slave that she gave. What was the name? She only gave him one name, right? Every slave. She treated it like a pet. Like, oh, once that pet dies, this pet's also called silver too. Like, and Clive is like, how, you know, how dare you? This is a human being and you're treating them like a pet and like, like scolding this little girl. I was to the point where I was like, all right, Clive is going to swing his sword and chop up this little girl for like treating it like a pet. But then it just ends. You know, it was like a start of something yeah. that could have been more. Yeah. But it, it just, yeah, it just, the side quests were just not fulfilling. Yeah, they're not great. The only, the only reason I did it was just so if I, I didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, the Witcher ones are amazing. Like, yeah. you know, some of the Witcher ones are are better than the main story. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, I, I get it. That's why, yeah, like I said, that's normal. And then, like, when they incorporate it, like, towards the end into the main story, that's what irritates me the most. I don't care if it's optional, mm -hmm. but when you have stuff like that in the main story, it really just takes away from the action, especially mm -hmm. with what went on. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like you had this intense fight, and then you go back, and you're like, okay, we located the dude. Let's go to this town. And then it's like, my boy is lost. Go find him. It's yeah. like, uh, okay. <laughs> We're chasing this dude who's like Titan or whatever. Uh, and just, yeah. So I, yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, because of, because Final Fantasy 15, I, I said, all I want is a competent story. I want a story to experience and not just tell me how to feel, not just tell me to wait for DLC. Don't tell me to watch a 15 minute movie or an hour and 45 minute movie this delivered in the story yeah. but i think one of my other biggest gripes with 16 i think has to do with certain character designs and also i just had finished it just previously for the first time in my entire life i finished and completed final fantasy 6 and oh boy was that a great game final fantasy 6 and known to the American audience as Final Fantasy 3 until they corrected it to the original title. Final Fantasy 6 was such a great game that I, I it, it pumped me up. It got me excited. Dude, I don't know. I don't know if you felt this way. Because of the change of the combat, I don't know if it has to do with the combat or anything like that. But I missed the party. I missed having a control of a, a, a big group of party of people. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's actually a good point. I think about that. Yeah, that was kind of like, all right, well, I got two of the people with me. Yeah. And they've been doing that for a while now where it hasn't been like a party of people. And that's what Final Fantasy used to be. It was like, yeah. what I enjoyed most about Final Fantasy was not knowing who the next person in my party was going to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, you go to a new town, you're like, do I meet someone here or do I not meet someone here who's going to join my party? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. And, and like, even with 15 and this one too. It's like you knew who was going to be a part of your party. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, yeah, this person come with me. Great. There wasn't really anyone I went through the town was like, oh, I this new person I didn't even think would be a part of my party is a part of my party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I agree. No, I actually yeah. agree. That's a good point. Because you have people in, in your in your group that are around you. You don't have any control. And and I think that's okay. But, you know, you'll have people like Jill or you'll have Sid on in your party. So, and you'll have Torgal with you, your, your dog or your wolf dog with you but i don't know man going through the game there were characters where i went 
was this originally supposed gonna be traditionally like a final fantasy where you had a party like maybe you didn't control them but they had some sort of sort of aspects because certain designs of certain characters of course you have the ones that are more heavily designed and look better or part of the main story like you have gav which felt like would have been a traditional character that would have been in your party of course sid and then later sid's daughter mid i just felt like how yep. she was designed i was just like wait a minute she, it looks like she probably would have been a main she is a main cast member there's a main cast character in the group in the story but as in having a group that you control i would just feel like some characters like the medic tarja could have been in a party or vivian yeah. who the one who kept like records of everything that was going and then you know your uncle your your uncle byron was also someone i felt like yeah. was could have been in your party or even dion you know the the dominant of bahamut yeah uh, even the, even the girl that joshua was, was traveling with jote i think yeah. it's jote yeah it seemed like it would have been yeah. like a party thing right so i think that's what i was yeah. missing and i was trying not to look back and kind of hold the the um the the past of final fantasy against 16 but I think coming off of six, I was missing the party aspect and I couldn't stop but be like, this character is designed better than this character. It feels like it would have been a main character, but they stopped designing the character because they had to come to a realization that like, no, we're focusing on uh, hack and slash gameplay and not a group aspect. So we have to kind of devote ourselves to this. So we're not going to spend enough time because what I mean by that is like certain people like Gav and byron are to me i feel especially uncle byron are designed so plainly that it annoyed me yeah i, I get that I like understand. like uncle byron like is at first i thought oh okay he's just gonna be this in a little bit because i just didn't feel like he was he was designed he was such a plain character looking there wasn't like a unique design to him you know there wasn't a, like as a unique design as like Joshua or Clive or anything. I don't know. I don't know why that bu that bugged me. But I think I missed the the group aspect of uh, of a Final Fantasy game and having like a group to control or even if you didn't control, it would have been cool if it had aspects like Final Fantasy 11 where you can command them to kind of like, okay, I'm going to set you up to heal me if I drop to a certain percent or just kind of have that group dynamic. But look, I understand they're making this game and they stuck to making it more of an action hack and slash game. So that's cool. I just feel like for me, I was kind of let down that I missed that group aspect. But where it kind of came around and turned around is the moment Joshua and Clive are together, Joshua punches Clive in the face. He basically tells Clive, You can't keep pushing us away, Clive. The world is ours to save, not yours. Just don't forget. You're not alone. So when that part happened close to the end of 16, like it, it clicked with me. I was like, oh, I get it now. That's why there's not a group because Clive this whole time was just kind of pushing people away. Like, don't worry, I'm taking care of this. Don't worry, I'm going to do this. So that's why there wasn't a party. You know, there was kind of thought whether it, whether it was done that way because they're like, oh, we can't kind of have a party because we're going to focus more on how this this type of gameplay but for me that worked in a storytelling sense that his actions throughout that whole game up to that point when joshua punches him in the face 
it clicked with me. I was like, oh, that's why there's not a party. That's why he doesn't have anyone really help him. There are moments people help him. You know, you do have a party here and there, but he takes on more of the burden because Clive just up to that point when he thought he murdered Joshua, when he thought that everything that happened was his fault, he was taking on the burden of everything. And it wasn't, and like, yes, I, I've been talking about like, I don't want anything told to me, but, and you can say like, oh, well, Joshua's just telling you how to feel. It's like, yes and no, because it clicked with me. Like, yes, I do notice how he's pushing people away, how he's not allowing anyone to help. And he's taking on the burden and, and having Joshua punch him in the face and like basically giving him shit, I thought was probably one of my favorite moments in 16. I thought that kind of all my gripes with everything with the combat or, or not having a party and people being under designed, I think all came together and made more sense for me toward the end that this is why we don't have a party is because Clive's actions and how he was pushing people away. So that was actually, it's not a negative. It, those things were a negative, but then ended up becoming more of a, a slight positive because it made sense in the story that like, oh yeah, Clive is just blaming himself and doesn't want help and taking on the burden. And I, I think that was one of my favorite things in that moment yeah. when Joshua punches him in the face. That's, that's great. I forgot about that part. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. Cause that, that was, that was my biggest thing was just like, man, I miss the group. I feel people are not utilized. I felt like mid was perfect as someone to come in like, okay, my dad's gone. You know, like you would have known her as a little kid. And then like the dad, you know, Sid dies. And then you Clive takes on the moniker of Sid. And then she'd be like, Oh, Hey, I, I'm grown up now and I'm ready to join the party. Like I was just looking at it as like a traditional type of Final Fantasy, but with how they kind of wove this into the story, I think it, for me, it worked. You have to wait till the end to actually realize that. But to me, when it came down to it, it like that, now it works. Like not being how it was, how Final Fantasy traditionally is. Ultima. <sighs> yep. <laughs> Are you not a fan of Ult? No, I am. Um, he is just. I'll, I'll go ahead and finish what you're gonna say. I'll no, no, no. Go ahead. No, no. I wanted. To, I wanted to get your opinion on it on the so whole story. Ultima is a design from Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, so I, I wanted to talk about we talk about the story because there's some stuff from fourteen in this game. Okay. That like unless you play fourteen, it won't pick up on it. Okay. But the design, Ultima's design, is actually an outfit you can get in Final Fantasy XIV. This is before. Mm -hmm. And it's called, I believe, Ultima's Outfit. <laughs> like something like that. So I'll have to look it up. I'll send you a picture of it later. But um, yeah, it was something like that. But there was a lot of like little things in the story. And when you meet the Dragoon for the first time, and they're standing on that rooftop or whatever with like the like that one pose, mm -hmm. that's the pose from Final Fantasy XIV for Dragoons. So it's like... 
there was certain things and I was like, oh, and there's some of the music that played in the game was from 14 also. Like the fight with Titan, mm-hmm. that's Titan's music from Final Fantasy 14 when you fight him. Oh. It was like the different like things that they did. Because Sokin, who's the guy who did the soundtrack for 14, is the one who did 16 too. Oh. So it was really, it was cool like seeing some of the stuff they brought into it. You know what I mean? Just little subtle hints. You know, and it was like 16 was its own game, but like, you know, there was little subtle hints to 14 in it too. So, I don't know, I just thought it was cool. Like, that was the thing that Ultima was like, oh, I've seen this design before. <laughs> so, it was like, yeah. Um, Ultima was cool. Like, I I liked how... I kind of watched a refresher because it had been... I beat it, like, right after it came out. So, mm-hmm. um, And they were talking about Ultima, and, like, I... I don't know. We, we're going to talk about it, but, like, Joshua had a version of Ultima. There were so many versions of Ultima that were controlling everything that ended up being Ultima was the, was the ultimate boss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. God among the people who was like, well, my people all turned on me because they had a free will. You know, he wanted to control everyone, and his ultimate goal was to, like, make the world better for his own people, not fuck everyone else. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? So, but anyway, um, yeah, it's fine. We'll get it. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, the whole thing with Ultima is that Ultima is God. He's the creator of basically them. Because he, he, he talked about doing this multiple times. Because when I was when I was going through the game, and then you start seeing the architecture, and there are NPCs that start talking. It's like, yeah, some of the designs are of another world. And then when you notice, like when you look around in the world, which the world of of sixteen is is really well done and, and beautiful. You when you see some of the architecture of things that had fallen or are part of it, you're like, it looks very alien like. And then there are certain enemies with like laser blades that you fight, and I'm like, wait. Are these alien? I'm like, is this alien technology? Is Ultima the creator of all things? So I kind of like picked up on things, but that was basically the main thing that Ultima kind of talks about is creating life, creating them, and he's done it before and he's destroyed them before. Everything with the icons and everything is is something that he built to make better his his species or or, or to give him the ultimate power. But they, like, Clive and Joshua kind of just end up finding out that, like, they were created. Like, everything, the world itself was created. Crystals yeah. were created. I wasn't expecting... And as much as Clive was put down, like, he was the one... He was created by Ultima to harness everybody's power. Yeah, yeah. To be his ultimate weapon, but it ended up that Clive obviously turned on him. Yeah. He turned on him, but, like, turned on him. Yeah. Because he's like, no, nah, we're not doing this. To me, I was like, holy shit. I, I wasn't expecting them to go kind of that hardcore with the story and kind of like get into yeah, that no, aspect. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Really, that's what I was saying. It was so dark for a reason. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's right. You know, like you were saying it's vibrant, but like it's dark for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like I think that it's just showing the despair that the world is in. Yeah. You know, you really get the aspect of like Sid who wanted to like destroy everything because he was like, we need to like get rid of this. We need to take the land back what Clive realized in like a conversation when like Sid's dying is that he's like, no, we need to completely reset the world is mm-hmm. what, that's what he said. He's like, we need to reset everything, yeah. which means getting rid of everybody with icons and getting rid of people with magic. Yeah. Magic, magic needs to not be a part of the world anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what was mainly kind of destroying everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and like that's what they figure out, and then there's like the crystals are destroyed, it stops. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's everybody's losing their power and everybody's upset about it, but in the long run, it's saving the world. What'd you feel on the relationships between Clive and Joshua and the relationship between Clive and Jill? I liked it. I mean, okay, Jill and Clive were like the classic love story. You know, um, I, here's one thing I want to talk about, and I want to see if you agreed or not. Because there's there's moments of like, of course you knew they were going to fall in love and be together course, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But I got a different take on it, on this, because there was the moment in, in 16 where they're on the beach and they're naked and they're like back to each other, right? Out of nowhere, they're just naked and they, they embrace each other and kind of like... I guess do it for the first time. That's what it kind of implies. And they, I they, like how you like they're just randomly naked, not like they didn't get in a shipwreck and stuff, and that's why they're not close. No, <laughs> like, no I was they, yes, they got <laughs> look. Okay, look at look. Was that not shocking? I'm, all I'm saying is. Oh no! Yeah, I was that, just like I was, finally. I'm like, where's <laughs> the where's the scene where they're like, okay, our clothes are wet. Why don't we take them off? They were just naked. Yeah. And I, I was know, just like, yeah, it went from like one scene to the next where they're just sitting naked together. I was like, what is going on? I was just like, what the hell? And and by that time, five years had passed because they had destroyed the first crystal and it had like changed everything. So they were kind of in hiding and stuff for like five years. Uh, but um, that's where um, Clive kind of took the moniker of, of being Sid the outlaw, taking over after Sid passed away, after he died. And then it, it had that moment and it was such a, the moment of when they finally embrace each other. I, f at first I was like, oh, well that was kind of easy. And that I just, I didn't feel there was a buildup to it, but then I don't know if I'm right. I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I took it a different way. I think Jill and, and Clive for five years were together. But they were never in, they never, they were there for each other physically, mentally, and especially the physical part, but it never meant any, every, anything. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like Clive yeah. was pushing people away and I'm not saying like she just, oh, I gave up myself for him so he could relax or anything. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying they both did it. They both did this with each other, but it was just like a non-spoken, like, do you get what I mean? Fuck, I don't know how to yeah, word no, you it. Tell, but like, in, I, I understand what you're saying, because like, you tell as their interactions with each other went on, because there, there no, was already something there. There was like, already there was something, something there already, yeah. Like, I don't think this was the first time they were intimate with each other. I think what I took from that moment was this is the first time that it wasn't just out of like a there was something behind it instead of just like let's embrace each other just to embrace each other with everything that's going on but there's no feeling toward it even though there is there isn't does that make sense what i'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> fucking i just no, felt no, like it's just subtle it's subtle until it's, that part it's a like, subtle you can thing tell if you're paying attention yeah if you're like, like if you're paying attention to it you can see it i feel like that was the first time they actually like this was something else more than just an urge right like it was like they actually cared and loved each other like they always did but this is the first time like that first time that we saw wasn't the first time but this was the first time they actually did it in a an embracing loving way where before yeah. it was just like 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to demean it by just saying fuck buddies. Right. But yeah, no, I know. just yeah, because no, of how nonchalant they were like, yes, you can say like, well, they had their back to each other. Yeah. But like, it's cause they never really embraced any of that. It was just something simple. Like, are, are we going to do this? Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. And there was, yes, there was emotion to it, but there was never like the, the, Hey man, we I care for you. Like, it's like, I know you care for me, but we're not going to talk about it with everything that's going on. I just, I took it a different way. Right. It wasn't just your basic, like, you know, Yuna and um, Titus and Yuna kind of like, Yuna, and I love you, and we're embracing each other for the first time in love. Or like Squall and Yuna, like all the traditional Final Fantasy love stories. This was something else where it was like more to it, you know? And then, because at first it was very shocking when they were nude and they just kind of embraced after that. And you're like, oh, that was nothing. I was expecting what came before, but then to me, I was like, oh, wait, no, they always were intimate. They just weren't intimate. You know, they just didn't, there wasn't love put behind it, you know, like, so that's how I took it. I don't know if I'm right. I could be wrong, but that's how I took it. And I thought like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy to me, you know? Yeah, no, there was a lot of that stuff in there. It was Mm -hmm. like really subtle stuff put in there that was just kind of in passing, but yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to see if you no. felt the same way because I, I was like, wait, is this what? Oh, this is this is what it's about. Oh shit, you know. Yeah, no, I did, and it, and I like didn't realize until after that. And he kind of mentioned, I was like, yeah, you're right, because the whole time, like, when are these two gonna hook up? Like, it's already like they've hooked up. Like, when are they gonna hook up? Like, <laughs> you know? but that's the thing they they like, had yeah. it, they had yeah, already, yeah. you know. But the, you can tell that like the, the the bond was there. Yeah, you know I mean? but so. that was the first moment where it actually meant something. Not saying that it didn't mean anything before, but no, I, no, no, to I me it felt yeah. like it meant something this time. You know, like yeah. he is finally Clive himself. Because I don't, I think Jill was more open, but it was like, well, he's not open up yet, but he is finally letting certain things go slowly. You know, I think the relationship between Clive and Joshua was beautiful. That's to awesome. the two brothers, like really well written. Like, really well written, those mm-hmm. two. So to kind of wrap everything up, Scott, I don't know if there was anything else you kind of wanted to bring up. Yep, on, on there this is. Show. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to ask you what your favorite boss fight was. Ooh. I know. Like, it's hard. Okay, but like, when I first saw, but what drew me into, like, when they are playing the demo, is that fight between Shiva and Titan. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is how I pictured summons. You know what I mean? I know they're called icons, but they're summons. Like, whenever I was playing Final Fantasy, this is how I thought of them. Mm-hmm. It was like these gigantic creatures just fighting each other. It was cool if they were actually people, but you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, so who was your favorite boss fight? Yeah, I would, uh, the thir- first thing that popped in my head was Titan. That was a really yeah. good one. Everything, every boss fight, everything that was in here was uh, very, you know, cinematic and very uh, yeah. visually pleasing. It was a very, a very, visual visually pleasing game and combat um but i would have to say probably titan there was a lot of combat that there was a lot of boss fights in this that were really fun that were really good yeah the one thing i do want to say talking about that in combat in the turn of like you know turn based or traditional or action hack and slash i think that would probably be out of everything besides the side quests i think that's another negative that i have but it's not a negative like where it's it's the worst thing but i think 16 falls into something where it does it's a divisive game when it comes to either new players or traditional original players when it comes to the combat 
It isn't fully 100% an RPG, but isn't fully 100% an action game. And so it kind of clashes with each other to become something that, like, it's not either one of those. And I think that's kind of what is one of my bigger negatives of the game is that even though the combat's great, I wish there were other things that got implemented into it. Because it was cool to get the icons and get the other abilities. And it, didn't, it took me a while to figure out, oh, I can use other abilities. It doesn't have to just set as one. And then you have to put in the work to combine everything or switch uh, different abilities into combining combos into other ones. So there was a lot to work with in the game itself to, to kind of build the gameplay. But because there's not a balance one way or the other, Final Fantasy 16 gets stuck in like is it an rpg or is it an action rpg and i think that's just the thing where i see where they're going with 16 or the way they were going with this i don't think they 100 percent nailed it i still had fun with the combat i had fun going through the game but i just don't think they they really nailed it and and so it doesn't become the best thing in the world but it's not the worst I, i still had a fun time with how how everything turned out i think that's where side quests really bog it down because you want to get to those boss fights you want to get to fighting the titans fighting the icons fighting ultima that's what really was the huge meat of the gameplay itself and not the side quests where the side quests could have been a very important part of the game but just ended up becoming very lackluster and that was that was a bummer for me but no there there was moments like everything looked beautiful man and just just feeling a part of the combat was really cool I, i liked it yeah yeah yeah, no, I agree. That's my favorite fight, too. Um, I like the fight with Bahamut, too. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool, and they're, like, going to space, and they're fighting and shit. Like, it was really... They, it was so epic. It was so cool, Dude, like, that... It, those boss fights were so epic. That's... I, yeah, I know. Like, we can go more... Even We even didn't even talk yeah. much about Dion and him having his Bahamut yeah. and his side story with everything. Yeah. I was, I was, like... He's probably one of, like... That's where it's a bummer. I think for him, it was a bummer for me of him not being a part of your part like you kind of want to out of yeah. everyone who's in the game you're one like oh are we going to be able to switch between characters because i want to control him he's pretty cool you know yeah he should have been banging dude left and right i wanted to see some i mean he dude was he was but, he yeah, was, no, but i wanted to see more of it dude i wanted him to be a man whore <laughs> no he was a great character dude and i, I just no, thought everything was. yeah it, his dynamic with his dad mm-hmm. was awesome too because his dad was odin right his dad was odin. yeah and then um but it was just that whole dynamic and, like, the fact that, like, he killed his dad and that's what sent him into a berserk with Muhammad to mm-hmm. destroy the city. It was just really – it was so good. Like, I hope they do a DLC, like, because they, they weren't going to do DLC. Uh-huh. Now they're going to do DLC because it's so popular. I hope they do, like, what they did with 15, where now that we're getting, like, we can get those side stories of, like, how Dion grew up and his dynamic to lead him up to that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would like something like that. You know, that's a DLC for me that I would love. Like, I don't... They can't go anywhere because everybody fucking died at the end. So, like, what's... Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Ooh, yeah. Uh, it, how did you take that, that ending? Cool. How everything ended? Now that you bring that up. Now that we're getting so, close to... Now that we're getting toward the end. like, saying that the end, like, with the kids you're talking about, like, that, to me, was just some kids. Like, yeah, they looked a lot like them. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, it was just telling that story of you know the book was called final fantasy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it was like it's just 
I think what they're drawing into is that like each game is its own story. You know what I mean? It's each chapter of this book or whatever of Final Fantasy. This is just one of the chapters in that book. But it's like these kids playing as them. You know, it was them putting themselves inside the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they were Clive and they were Joshua. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a deal. But I get, you know, people are like, oh, it's them as kids or whatever, which I, I can see that. Yeah. So. I think that ending is, is you can take it any way you want. Um, yeah. But with how, how things ended up ending, do you think Clive is dead? Do you think Joshua's dead? I I think Joshua's dead, but I don't know if Clive's dead. Like, it really... The part that got me was the dog, like him, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm emotional with animals, but like that really like got to me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I think he's dead though. I think the dog knew he's dead. You know what I mean? Kind of a deal. I mean, even but Jill, I don't, yeah, Jill yeah. kind of knew too. Cause she looked up at the sky when she was looking at the moon, there was always that red yeah. dot. And then that red dot disappears. So I think yes. that's a way of telling it. And he starts to get purified because of the the use of the magic and he kind of starts turning into stone and i thought visually how everything was done like i would say that clive is gone like clive is dead but you never know it's it's a video games that could change but how they kind of set it all up was um, pretty emotional it was like oh shit yeah like yeah he's he's not here anymore you know he saved everybody he defeated ultima he basically killed god and and i think it was there's different takes that you can take with this because they knew that if they destroyed all the crystals and even Ultima said like what are you going to do if you do this like the world's just going to go into darkness and you're, you're it's going to be shit for a long time and even they knew that was the risks but they're like it's worth it and the world's just going to kind of start itself over like it's going to be bad now but it's not going to be bad forever so there have been theories on that ending because you see the book you see that the book is written by Joshua Rosefeld yeah. Uh, is it Rosefield or Rosefeld? Rose, Rosefield, I think. I don't know. Joshua. You see the book is written by Joshua. There's a lot of different takes from people on what it could mean. Some people think that, oh, those kids were reading the story. So what we just experienced was those kids reading that story. And we've just been experiencing what the kids, those kids were reading. And like you said, they kind of put themselves as like, oh, they're, you know, I'm Joshua, you're Clive, because the kid's like making fire and he's like, oh, I wish I had an icon so I could make the fire. And, you know, the mom's like, oh, you and that silly book. So a lot of people are saying it's a book that they read. You can take it anyway. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a legitimate answer. Right. And I think that's the cool thing about living on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So I take it as this is generations in the future and this is the world starting over and people have forgotten about magic because it's been so long people have forgotten about everything and and what was real life became stories became fantasies became long tales mm-hmm. kind of like now with like um before people used to believe in thor and odin people used to believe in north north mythology that was real to people and then time passed People didn't believe it anymore, and they became tall tales. They became fantasies. I, 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 that's how I took it, is that Clive, Joshua, Jill, everyone who sacrificed everything, they did what they had to do to make this new world that doesn't have magic anymore, that forgot about magic, and just think that magic and, and mystical creatures and things like that were tales, not real life. You know, not real. And so 
I take it as that's what's going on. And, and the story that Joshua wrote, like Joshua lived and the story that he wrote became a tale, became fantasy, became the final fantasy. So, and I think it was a way of Joshua saying that now that magic is gone, it, it is a, a part of fantasy. Like he knew it was going to be a fantasy. It was going to be taken as not like scripture is not like this is how the world was before, but it, you know, he knew that people were in the future probably weren't going to believe it and it would become fantasy. So that's, that's what I took out of it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, uh, I agree with some of that. Again, sure. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I could be a hundred percent wrong. At first I, I thought, there, I don't uh, think there is a wrong answer to yeah. it. I think it's just left to interpretation on yeah. what you think happened. came out financial yes. stuff usual stuff that square likes to do square enix has insisted sales of final fantasy 16 are extremely strong the game has sold well relative to the playstation 5 install base the ps5 exclusive sold 3 million copies during its launch week a figure that sparked a debate online about whether it had to meet square enix's sales target Final Fantasy VII Remake shifted 3.5 million copies in three days when it launched as a PlayStation 4 exclusive in April of 2020. Final Fantasy XV sold 5 million units in its first day, but the game launched on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in November of 2016 and remains the fastest selling game in the history of the series. The debate was fueled by a Bloomberg article that pointed out sales of the game in Japan had dropped dramatically in the second week after launch and the initial sales had lagged behind previous games in the long-running role-playing series square enix itself was grappling with weak momentum on its flagship franchise in a statement from square enix issued the company pointed to the difference in install base between the ps4 when final fantasy 7 remake came out and the install base of the playstation 5 when final fantasy 16 launched last month with 38 million ps5 consoles shipped Globally, as of March 31st, 2023, sales of Final Fantasy 16 surpassed 3 million units worldwide several days after its release on June 22nd, 2023, Square Enix said. Taking into consideration that the sales figures of the acclaimed Final Fantasy 7 remake and the difference in size of the install base of the PlayStation 4 at the time of its title's release, we can see that the attachment rate of Final Fantasy 16 is considerably high given the PS5's install base. Square Enix considers the initial sales results of Final Fantasy 16 to be extremely strong and will continue to carry out a wide range of initiatives to encourage even more people to play the game. Sales had slowed considerably since launch, but the game was not yet considered the disaster some had claimed to be. One source pointed that recent comments from producer Aoki Yoshida and DLC may be on the horizon, thus further investment in the development. A couple weeks later, Square Enix had officially announced a PC version of Final Fantasy 16 is in development in addition to two pieces of paid DLC. More details will be shared on Square Enix's plans for Final Fantasy 16 for PC before the end of the year, it said. 
Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida shared the news during a PAX West panel on Saturday, along with news that this significant update has released for the PlayStation 5 version. The announcement of Final Fantasy 16 having some DLC in the future and a, an official PC release coming soon. So Scott, we have two conversations to kind of go through about the low sales of Final Fantasy 16 and also stuff on the horizon when it comes to DLC and this title itself coming out for PC. Why do you think performance wise on Final Fantasy 16 hasn't been super great? Because it's exclusive to PS5. I really think that's like hindering them. I really wish that companies would start like, so games like Final Fantasy mm-hmm. should really start, should be on all consoles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really feel that way. I understand about exclusivity and it sounds like, like they're doing a PC version. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll become an Xbox. It sounds like at the end of that whole thing with Final Fantasy thing they did that it would kind of sound like all the things are going to be coming to Xbox. Um, I think it'll help drive their sales. The fact that they did enough business that they want to do DLC is telling me that their numbers are just way inflated and that they they really were unrealistic with their thoughts on how much they would sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Square's always been that way. They want things to sell insane amounts, but they don't meet their expectations. And that's on them. So it's Mm -hmm. not like it's the game's not performing well. Everybody I've talked to has really enjoyed the game Mm -hmm. as far as story-wise and stuff. And I know some pretty critical people of Final Fantasy games, and they even enjoyed it. You know, just the story and stuff like that. Some didn't like the fighting and stuff like that, which I know has been a, a point of contention for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the story overall has been really good and got really good reviews from people. So I think it's just also Final Fantasy's kind of a niche. It really is. Like, it's that RPG... You know, 15 wasn't that great. So I think a lot of people were very hesitant to buy 16 yeah. for that reason. Now, the conversation that it, when I read this, when I hear a lot of stuff, of information about this, it, a lot of it is a company speak, right? A lot of the time they're not going to speak negative about a property. They're not going to speak negative about themselves. They'll word it yes, in ways right. to kind of make it seem a better and yes, Square is known f- to have very high expectation on their sales figures. But they also, as a company, any company, does not want to say they're wrong in doing something uh, or, or their actions. Yeah. Everyone else is wrong, not them. So that's why you're getting the, the company speak of, oh, the install base. Oh, exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but how I also look at it too is, yes, the install base isn't huge for PS5. But it's one of the better selling consoles of this newer, now this current generation of consoles. But also it's Final Fantasy. Yes, it's a niche yeah. RPG, but look at how it's made. Look how 16 is created. It is it is made to appeal more, I would say, to a different base of players. It's to make it enticing to newer players and you heard a lot of the feedback like yes we enjoyed it friends of ours have enjoyed it and people online have enjoyed it too but you still have a a huge amount of people who are against a lot of what is different in this title of Final Fantasy 16 yes you've talked about it it's time to change we can't look back but I think a lot of that the the choices that the team in 16 made for this game was a risk I feel 
to the Final Fantasy brand because these sales, they're not horrible, but for Final Fantasy, they're not going to say it, but it's not great. And there's momentum, right? Things have momentum. Something builds. Even like word of mouth, even people saying positive things about 16. I just didn't feel or see that huge momentum. I think for our Final Fantasy title, this isn't great. Now, we can always complain and argue, but still, something like Final Fantasy 15 selling as well as it did, that name, that brand, it still sells. But I think a lot of stuff that was done with 16 was a risk. Changing a lot of the combat, the gameplay, the aesthetic, the feel. The more I think about it, the more we've talked about things, it might have been too much for past players or even new players to care. It's hard to tell, man. It's it's really hard to tell what this title, what, what 16 is going to mean to Final Fantasy as a whole. Like, is this something that will be looked back fondly in the future? Like, oh yeah, you know what? 16 was great. But I think they they chose to go a certain path, kind of making it a, a an action game. They, their their look, their aesthetic, the, the kind of uh, we've been talking about it constantly in this episode, the Game of Thrones aesthetic. Like they made choices early in development and they stuck with it. Did it pan out? I don't know. I think it just didn't work for most people. They had the demo and it was a great demo that showed it off, and I think it changed a a, a good amount of people's minds. But we maybe it just made more people kind of go, yeah, it's what I thought it was going to be. I don't want to play this. You know, did yeah. people not give yeah. it a chance? Is this a game that people will give a chance later? Currently, now there's like a I think it's like on sale currently for $20 cheaper. There's a lot with 16. I just think performance wise, I don't think it performed how they want, even though Square has those overly ambitious ex- expectations. But for me, it's like Final Fantasy is a name that like moves consoles i don't know man i just think i'm kind of bummed that it's not not performing as well i have i have a lot of gripes with it but we could defend it but i just feel like there's a reason but i just think some of the choices made just didn't hit with people and i think that's why people are either hesitant or just why this game isn't doing well i just i really think they need to start looking into expanding on all consoles instead of doing exclusivity deals. Yeah. You you know um, what? And you're right too. At like, would it have done better? Or what if it just still didn't do well? What if it like with how people felt about this title, regardless of how we felt, I still don't think sales would have been great. I think with how different and the choices they made for this title, I think it was too much for a lot of people. I think it was too much for a lot yeah. of fans. I think a lot of fans were kind of like, no, I'm not playing this. It's not what I want. You, you might be right, because like what I'm seeing with Starfield right now is that people are looking to buy the Xbox Series S mm-hmm. just to play Starfield. Yeah. And no one has been like, I'm going to go buy a PS5 to get to play Final Fantasy 16. So I get it. Like, I understand. But I, I just think them op- if they're going to have these unrealistic sales goals, yeah. then they need to like look into doing something to help inflate that so they can do their sales mm-hmm. they need to look at how many people bought the ps5 console but yeah I, I don't know that's that's the biggest thing with me and i just say it, it does suck that the sales aren't good because it was a really well done game as far as story-wise anyway mm-hmm. at least you know it's what people wanted in the game like they wanted that story and that's what final fantasy is about is the story the cool boss fights the cool like you know 
challenge to it and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, it's a bummer. The thing that gets me is like, why does it warrant DLC if it's not selling that great? You know what I mean? So, but with DLC plans, what are you, what are you looking forward to? The thing that I was excited about, honestly, about the game was that there wasn't going to be DLC. Uh-huh. So that meant that like everything is going to be in the game. Now, being that being said, everything is in the game. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to do some kind of thing with like um, Jill or whatever um, to do with that her after, you know, after like they're dead or is homie going to come back? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know where they're going to go with it. Yeah. You kind of hope that what we played, we have a complete story. You know, we're, we're not kind of like, yeah. wait, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Um, so we're fine there, but it would kind of suck where you're like, oh, yeah, they didn't explain that. But I don't feel like there's anything that isn't there to explain. If anything, DLC wise, maybe we could see more of what Joshua was doing before. That would be cool, yeah. Because that's something yeah. like you don't really know. It isn't, I don't feel it was integral to the main story, but we could kind of see like we know that he survived, but maybe. We can have that moment. Maybe we'll have some DLC moments of him. Okay, how did he resurrect again? Because we know he's he's the embodiment of the Phoenix. The Phoenix yeah. And there's resurrection and stuff. I wonder if the DLC is going to talk about that and how he gets resurrected as a child when we assume that he's dead or how he comes back. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where that DLC will also answer the question of just like, oh, and he does come back again and writes the book that's at the end that we were talking about. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's all I could see where it could be a part of a DLC that we're not like, oh, man, that should have been part of the main story. I could see that where, where that won't mess that up. You get what I'm saying? Like, no. it, it, it's yeah. just something It'll like, you know, like a side story kind of a deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or maybe we'll, we'll just have some of the uh, cousin loving storytelling. I don't know. <laughs> Star Light Say good night Star What's your closing thoughts, feelings on Final Fantasy 16? You know, now it's been a little while. I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I still want to play through it again and do all the side stuff. I haven't had a chance yet because I yeah. worked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one of those things that like, I actually want to go back and play the game. I never finished 15. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the combat in that game too. So it was like, I, I kind of like the action based stuff. Mm-hmm. I do understand where people's want of the JRPG coming back with like turn based. But again, I think that's gone now. I think that's just a thing of the past. And mm-hmm. that, you know, it'd be great if they did do something like that. But overall, I was there for the story and it delivered. I loved it. I loved the story. I loved how it was done. You know, you actually felt for the characters in the game. And I really think that like, if you haven't given it a chance, you should give it a chance. Even if it's on sale, you know, pick it up. It's worth it. Yeah. 16 isn't a perfect game, as we've discussed. There's things we enjoyed. There's things that we didn't like. The things in 16 bring it down from side quests to the non-Final Fantasy-looking world that they stuck with. Less fantasy feel of previous games. 
I felt a lot of stuff in the beginning was a slow burn. It starts off great, a fantastic opening, but I think a lot of stuff slows it down. I think a lot of the side quest stuff slows it down. I miss yes. the I miss the team. There's a team feel to stuff, but you know, I miss having a party. I know what route they were trying to go to. That's why discussing earlier of they made choices and they had to stick with it in development. Maybe yeah. some things just didn't work. But when we got to the end of 16, when everything wrapped up, when everything started making sense, whether it took too long to do it or not, how things were done with 16 kind of made me want to go back now. And what I mean by that is titles that I just didn't give a chance, titles I didn't like in the series itself. Maybe I'm looking at things wrong now when it comes to Final Fantasy. I kind of want to give 13 a chance now. I gave up pretty early on with 13, but I kind of want to give it a chance because I gave 16 yeah. a chance and then everything worked. I kind of want to now try out 15 now that it's in its complete version and see what did I miss? Because these are titles that people love. People love 13 and it's not well known. People didn't love 12 but it's 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 loved now 15 is insanely loved by a lot of people not by me no yeah that's, that's an odd one to be loved but yeah, yeah. but people Maybe do it's complete that'll be different you know like you said i don't know yeah people love these titles and maybe i should give them a chance finally 16 and it's not a perfect game but it has something so here's what i i have found as mm. i've gotten older uh-huh I'm a lot more accepting of shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I buy, like, you know, and I think it's because we all work and, like, we're spend our money on what we spend our money on. So you have to kind of find the, like, the good in the bad. Yeah. Now, there are some dog crap games out there, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, what, why, like you said, like, why do people love that game? You know what I mean? Like, let me look at it again and see. And that's why, like, you know, I, I had some friends who were like, oh, well, they could have done better on, like, landscaping in the game. I'm like, yeah, but the overall game's great. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, you know, just stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, I've been thinking about picking up 15 again, too, because I stopped, like, right after it came out. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. But, again, like, I, like you, I've heard a lot of people say they love it. But, um, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And I, I really think that, like, people should give it a chance. You know, not just go off of, hey, 15 sucks, so I'm not going to do this. I mean, it's gotten good reviews, 16 yeah, yeah. has. Yeah. So, overall, just... But, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, and I think it's a good point. But I think you'll find as you're getting older, like, things are, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm more accepting of a lot of stuff that a lot of people aren't. And maybe that's a bad thing. But still, like, I, I play some games that people hate and I love. Because yeah. it's just... It's fun to play. So, whether... The choices that they made for 16 pan out in the future. It's going to be interesting to see where the series goes moving forward. Whether these choices, whether these mechanics, whether this way of Final Fantasy continues, no matter what they do, moments like this, games like this, 16 is a chance, 16 is a risk. That a company even as big as Square Enix took. And whether that pans out in the future, we still have this story. For better or for yep. worse, this will be someone's favorite. This will be everyone's favorite. Whether we like it or not, it is Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy.